Welcome to the Binge on This podcast, a podcast that you can safely binge and actually lose weight with Michelle Hasty Thompson. Today, we're going to talk about the three main weight roadblocks that women face that keep them trapped in a never-ending cycle of weight loss and weight gain. But first, I want to thank you so much for showing up and tuning in. This podcast is inspired by you, and there is nothing more important to me than you walking away with permission to be more of yourself, including having your ideal body. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Nothing makes me happier than knowing you are picking up what I'm putting out. Also, if you have questions or topic ideas, send them to info at totalbodyhealthsolutions.com or just shoot me a DM on Instagram at totalbodyhealthsolutions. All right, so let's dive in. So most of the women that I work with are between the ages of 40 and 60. So I do specifically talk to their challenges. However, everything that I talk about today can absolutely be uh, used with people of ages outside of 40 to 60. It's just that these women tend to struggle the most and these challenges show up the most in those groups. So these women, what they will experience is they experience weight roadblocks, meaning they'll be doing all the right things and it won't work. Or they can't even get themselves to do the right things and they feel crazy because they really, really want to lose weight. Or they do all the right things, they lose the weight, and they gain it all back. And they also feel crazy and frustrated and defeated because they're thinking, why on earth would I allow this to happen again? So I'm going to talk about what these three roadblocks are. And I want you to know that you're probably going to identify with one or two or even all three of them. That's because you've probably been in them at different stages. However, one of them is going to be most dominant. And I'll tell you at the end of this podcast how you can take a free assessment to figure out which one you are most dominant in. But let's dive into what these three segments are so that you can say, oh, that's why I'm not getting to where I want to go because I haven't tackled this the exact way that is my dominant roadblock. So the first group of people, we're going to call them the dieters. That's just the easiest way to describe them because these women are actually actively trying to diet and they just can't seem to stick to it. So they are trying to restrict every single day. They are trying to eat healthy. They are trying to follow food plans and their healthy habits. And they're trying really, really, really hard. And they probably start and stop diets and weight loss programs all the time. These are also the people who may buy weight loss programs and not even open them, not even click on them, not even log in. And it's not because there's anything wrong with you. There are reasons why this is happening. So If you find it difficult to stick to a a diet or a weight loss program, or if you complain of lack of motivation and consistency, and if you desperately want to eat healthy food and exercise, but life always seems to get in the way and old habits always take over, this is you. Now, like I said, you might identify with this, but be more dominant in one of the other two. So don't feel like, yes, this is me 100% until you hear the other ones. But what we need to do, if you fall into this group of dieters, the solution to this is we've got to reprogram the brain to work in a different way than what it's used to doing. Because your brain is programmed to do certain things in a certain way. And when we've done a weight loss program, done a diet, done a meal plan, and don't get a result, 
after a few times of that, the brain's pretty smart, right? It's like, um, no, we're not going to do that. I don't want to do that anymore. It doesn't work. And so what happens is as much as you want to consciously will it to happen, you only have so much discipline and willpower. So as soon as those start to diminish a little bit, you will resort to your programming or your autopilot, which is programmed to not do it or to do the opposite or to do whatever it's been doing that you don't like. And it's programmed to either gain weight or maintain weight, but not lose weight. It's programmed to eat in a way that might not be conducive for what you want. So the solution when you're in this group is we've got to deal with reprogramming the way the brain is working so that it actually is running in the way that you want it to. And this isn't so freaking hard for you because that's what happens. So when we When our brain is programmed the way that it has been, if you've been dieting for a long time, done a lot of starting, stopping, done a lot of weight loss, weight gain, and kind of been cycling through that for a while, um, it's always going to resort to what's easiest and what is patterned or program or the easiest to think. So even if you want to believe, no, I am someone that follows through, I really want this badly, I'm very motivated right now, even if you're having that kind of language, to be able to stick with it, you're working against yourself because your brain's like, no, you're not. You're not fooling anyone. You always fail. You'll never get this. You don't lose weight easily. This is going to be hard for you or whatever it's programmed to believe and to think. And so you're trying to work against yourself every single day and eventually you get tired. Who wouldn't? It's like you're battling your brain every single day, every decision you're having to battle yourself. And so it's only natural that you get tired and burnt out and stressed out and frustrated. And then you resort to your autopilot, which is all the things you don't want to believe and think that gets you all the results that you don't want. So it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that for whatever the reason is that you're still struggling with this or whatever you've chosen in the past that's gotten you to this point that you're at today Now the brain is programmed in a way that's not going to be helpful to move you along this path. And so that's really what we have to start with before we start changing our food, before we start exercising more, before we join another boot camp. Like you can purchase all the weight loss programs in the world, but if your brain is still programmed in this way, it's going to be extremely challenging to stick with it, to even want to do it more than a week or a month, depending on your uh, discipline and willpower. It's going to be difficult to get the results that you want, and it's going to especially be difficult to maintain the results because we think if we get the result that our brain will change, but that's not actually what causes the brain to change because we have to start with where it's at. And where it's at right now is, and I don't want to put words in your brain or mouth, but it's whatever it's thinking today. So if it's thinking, weight loss is hard for me, and this, this is something that's more challenging for me than other people, and I'm probably not going to lose the weight permanently, and I'm probably always going to have to battle this, and I don't follow through ever, and I always quit, and I'm a failure, then having a one successful weight loss session doesn't reverse all of that, as you probably have found out. So we have to reverse all of that in a different way, and it's not as hard as you would think, okay? Okay, let's talk about the next segment of people, or the next roadblock that people could be up against. So this next segment is the binge eaters segment. Once again, you might find that you're 
in both of these, but it's just which one is dominant because that gives us a starting place. And the good news is as we're fixing each one of these, they seep into each other. So everything we do for whatever our dominant segment is, is going to help in the other roadblocks. Okay. So this group is, is women who are struggling with weight because they just can't stop eating food they're not hungry for. So these are the ones that find themselves binge eating at night, overeating at meals, mindlessly snacking. They feel out of control around food and may even call themselves addicts or, or specifically sugar addicts. And so if you find yourself in this group, you may have been diagnosed with BED, binge eating disorder, or you may have just self-diagnosed. But a lot of my clients in this category are finding themselves binge eating specifically in the evenings um, when they're kind of relaxing at the end of the day, sometimes in the middle of the night, and often just overeating at their meals. The really challenging thing about this specific roadblock is that a lot of the information out there to help combat eating outside of hunger exacerbates it. It makes it so much worse because the more that we try to control something, the more it tries to rebel. And if you have children, you know this to be true. You try to control your kids, they're just going to rebel even more. And you'll find yourself tired and frustrated and constantly in power struggles. And this is exactly what's happening with you and food. You're constantly in these power struggles where you're like, I don't want to eat that cake, but I really want that cake. But we don't eat that cake, but it looks really good. But it's excess calories and we're trying to lose weight, but I really want to taste that cake. And so you're just kind of battling yourself every time food is in your face or if you're not busy or if you're trying to relax or if you're not on, you know, perfect you know, meal plan or diet where you're being very, very strict and regimented, which we can only do for so long. So it's only a matter of time after restriction that we're going to find ourselves in some type of binging cycle. And that's why it makes it worse because we try to do things like portion control and um, controlling our food and doing more restrictive dieting, like wrangling yourself in more. If, for example, in Overeaters Anonymous, what they have people do is they they tell the their sponsor, here's what I'm going to eat today, and then if they go outside of what they said they were going to do, they have to call their sponsor and be like, I just ate, you know, a piece of cake and I said I wouldn't. Like, we think the more we try to exercise control and manipulation, the better our results, but it makes everything worse, and that's why we feel even more out of control. It feels in control when we make the decision and when we start start doing it that way because it's like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm going to get control of this. I'm going to change this. Uh, I'm not going to be this out of control person anymore. I'm pulling in the reins and I'm either hiring someone to control me um, or I'm just going to be very regimented and very disciplined and use a lot of willpower and we are going to just stick to the plan. (laughs) And we so badly want this to work, but inevitably it's going to fall apart. And that's for every human on the planet. So don't feel like you're the odd one or the less disciplined one because this isn't happening for you because it's happening for everybody in this cycle. If people have never had to lose weight or restrict food or try to eat less food, they're not even going to understand this concept because they've never been put in this cycle before. 
So if you're in this segment of people, if you're having this roadblock as your dominant roadblock, the solution is we have to realign the body and the brain to only crave food for hunger, which I know sounds like a big thing, right? Like, well, how the hell am I going to be able to realign my body and brain to only crave food for hunger? If I could do that, um, that would fix everything. And you're right. It will fix everything. And it's not as hard as you think. Because why we binge eat, the, the root causes of it are so obvious when you're, when you're outside of you, especially when you're in the field that I'm in and studying the, what I, I'm doing. Like when I was a binge eater, it didn't seem obvious at all. I just kept trying to restrict more, be more controlled, be more um, manipulating it more. I tried my best to control myself or to hire someone to control me. And that made a lot of sense to me at the time. But as soon as I heard about food psychology, which was my introduction to all of this back 11, 10 years ago, it, it made so much more sense because I'm like, wait a second. If we put aside the weight loss industry and we put aside food and exercise and we just think about humans and how humans operate, the more we restrict something, the more we're going to want of it. So obviously, me trying to do a low-calorie diet all day is going to create an an inevitable binge at some point. Or obviously, if I get too hungry, I'm going to be hyper-focused on food. Or obviously, if I tell myself I can't have this and I can't have that, I'm going to feel deprived and out of deprivation, I'm going to be irrational and illogical. Like, it makes a lot of sense. So that means that the solution is doing this in a completely different way. And we have to let the body and the brain calm down from all of the dysfunctional things through the control, the manipulation. But here's the thing. I get it. You've probably tried not to control, manipulate, and things got way out of control. And I get that because a lot of the people in this intuitive eating, mindful eating, food freedom, food psychology, change your relationship with food field, they just kind of tell people, well, you need to stop restricting food. You need to get off the diets. You've got to do all that. And it makes people crazy because they go from a very strict plan to no plan. And it gets really, really bad. And when I first entered this industry back in 2009, that's exactly what happened. I would have all these clients floundering, like, I'm freaking out because you took all the rules away and now I can't stop eating, you know, cake and candy and ice cream. And I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much sense because I took them, I, I, I tried to get them to go from very strict restriction to crazy, um, at, you know, no restrictions whatsoever, and it created a very unstable environment. So we have to do this very strategically, and that's the process that I walk my clients through, and I use mindful eating, I use intuitive eating, but in a very structured way so that people don't go all crazy. So you do need to do the opposite of restriction, deprivation, and dieting, but we need to do it in a very strategic way so that the body and the brain realign and everything starts functioning the way it did when you were born, before it got tempered with, which which it can happen from just watching our parents. It can happen from the media. However, it the problem got created. Most people don't become binge eaters until they've been dieting or trying to lose weight for a period of time. There are the occasional clients who 
they'll tell me when I was a child, I would turn to food to cope. And so this, the issue actually started with food. A lot of my clients, it's the opposite though. They wanted to lose weight for whatever reason, whether they were overweight or not. And then as they kept trying to lose weight, the binge eating and the food obsessions and the out of control behavior around food got worse. So we know that correlation is there. So for my binge eaters, that's really what we got to focus on is knowing that the, the restriction, the deprivation, the dieting isn't going to work. So your first task here is just to start to wrap your head around the fact that it's never going to work that way. It's one to 2% effective to do it that way. And so maybe it's time to do it a different way. And I say that's your first step because if I tell you, well, here's what you do instead, uh, most people are too married to the way they've been doing it, even though it hasn't been working, to just immediately do the right thing. So I want you just to kind of spend the next day or so just kind of getting honest with yourself about how how you've been trying to do it this way and how has that created the result you want or don't want? How has it made it better or worse? And what do you think works for humans? And think about somebody else besides you. Like if somebody came to you and said, I'm feeling really out of control around X, um, what would you tell them to do? And if you, t- if your answer is, I would tell them to get control of it. How would you advise them to do that? Because we know that telling someone, well, just stop doing that. Like there's a, f- a quote I heard that telling someone who's overeating to eat less food is like telling someone who has asthma to just breathe more. It's like, no kidding. So we can't do it that way. All right, so the third segment of people um, that this is one of the main roadblocks that you experience, we're going to call this group the maintainers. And this is the group of women that really are generally eating healthy food and exercising most of the time. They might overeat or binge eat occasionally, but they don't define themselves as out of control around food. They'll say, yeah, I could be more strict. I could be more regimented. But at the end of the day, they really do feel like they're doing the right things. And it doesn't really make sense in their head why the weight's not coming off. Because they are finishing programs. They are committed to their meal plans or whatever weight loss thing they're doing. They aren't necessarily binge eating like crazy and overeating at every meal. So there's not a whole lot of data as to why the body isn't responding because for, for the most part, they're doing all the right things, and they're certainly doing it better than someone who's never had the diet to lose weight and is easily maintaining their weight. So they're very confused as to why their body is just refusing to release the weight. And so the solution for this group of people is to recalibrate the body to burn fat instead of store fat. So why the body is storing fat isn't necessarily a... Uh, There's no general answer to that, but the easiest way to describe it, because it is going to be specific to every body, but the easiest way to describe it is to say that for whatever reason, the, the inside, the internal state of the body, the environment of the body is not ideal. Because in order for the body to ideally digest the food, to metabolize at the speed that's efficient for your body and to ultimately burn the fat that it doesn't need, everything has to be running efficiently. The best analogy for this is to think about a business. And if you were the CEO of a business and you came down to your employees every day and treated them, and I'll give you two scenarios. So let's say CEO number one, every day he comes in, 
and charges down into the employee's space and micromanages and yells and controls and keeps piling on work before they can finish the work they had is very um, forceful and mean and doesn't give a lot of compliments um, doesn't give a lot of encouragement, isn't very empathetic. I think you get my point. So it's not an ideal environment. So even though all those employees are technically trained well at their jobs, their management or their CEO is creating an environment that's so toxic, they just can't perform at the level that they are trained to perform at. And let's look at CEO number two, and let's say this CEO comes down and doesn't micromanage, really trust that the employees are good at what they do and lets everybody kind of stay in their lane and they stay in their lane and they're very encouraging. They're always asking their employees, what do you need? What can I do for you? You know, are you out of paper? Do you need more supplies? Um, are you struggling at all? How are things going? Um, very complimentary. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Um, also very inspiring and, and a good leader. And, ma- and models themselves as something that employees would actually strive to want to be and really just has a positive nature and positive attitude. And so the employees really thrive. Not only are they able to do their jobs really well, but they are thriving even more than they would anywhere else because they love performing for their CEO so much. They just get so much joy out of that. Imagine now which one is your body in. Which one is the, what's the state of the internal body that you have? Is it a sort of toxic environment with a lot of poking and prodding and negative talk and force and manipulation and control? Or is it more loving and compassionate and uplifting and inspiring and relaxing? Because that is going to dictate what the body does and how it functions. And so before we even look at what, before I even look at what someone's eating or how someone's moving, I'm looking at what is the internal state this person is creating inside of their body. Because that's going to tell us so much information about what needs to be changed. Because now if we create this optimal state inside the body, and if for some crazy reason it doesn't burn fat, we at least know we've cross the biggest hurdle out of all of them, which is we've set up the most ideal environment we possibly can. And now we can start looking at some of the deeper reasons why the body doesn't uh, burn fat, which could be things like childhood trauma, feelings of inferiority, disconnection, lack of significance and belonging. There's all of these emotional components that can show up that for some people have to be worked through to be able to release weight, but that's not even the majority. That's really the minority. And so first, let's just create an ideal optimal environment, see what the body does. And then if we need to dive into some of the more deeper wounds that are there, because this has been a more traumatic experience with weight and food, or there have been traumatic experiences that weight and food have been the response to, that's a whole nother topic, right? That's like a whole nother segment of people that uh, we would help in a different way. So that's how we would deal with this roadblock of the body not being able to release the fat. So those are the three main roadblocks that my clients are falling into. Like I said, you might identify with all three, but which one is the most dominant is the question. So what I'd like to do is 
help you identify more about these three segments of uh, these three roadblocks and also get you the assessment so you can figure out which one you are most dominant in. If you'd like to do that, you can download the free report and it's just going to kind of highlight what we talked about today in just a couple pages. So it's going to discuss the three main weight roadblocks that keep women from losing weight no matter how hard they try. And also it's going to give the link for the free assessment to help you determine which of the three weight roadblocks you are dominant in with a customized training to help you specifically depending on which one you are uh, most dominant in. So you can grab that at terminatethebinge.com. If you head to terminatethebinge.com, you're going to see it's just a place to enter your email so I can email you the download. And then you can download that and take the free assessment. And then we'll start this journey of doing this weight loss thing in a way that's actually going to identify the biggest challenge and go from there as opposed to just kind of willy-nilly choosing a random thing and hoping that it works. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe and tell your friends. This is something that I'm so passionate about teaching and delivering. There's literally nothing I love more than teaching this stuff. So I am so excited to be able to do that with you and anyone that you advise to come check this out.